0: What's up, everybody? This is FTW with Ahmad Khan. I am Ahmad Khan of Tom's Guide. And joining me today on this Insurrection Is Not Poggers edition is Insider's internet culture reporter and executive producer of Onision in real life on Discovery+, Plus, Stephen Asarch. Hello. After the raid of the Capitol by pro-Trump supporters on January 6th, professional Street Fighter player and the face behind the Pogjamp emote on Twitch, Ryan Gutex Gutierrez, tweeted his anger over the death of 35-year-old Ashley Babbitt. He said, quote, Will there be civil unrest for the woman who was executed inside the Capitol today, or will the hashtag MAGA die in vain? End quote. The implication here being that there was mass nationwide protest for the murder of George Floyd, who was suffocated to death during a traffic stop by a police officer, and Babbitt, who was attempting to climb through the broken glass door of the Speaker's lobby. Twitch, seeing this as an incitement of violence and a call to arms against the U.S. government, in a Twitter post said, quote, We've made the decision to remove the PogChamp emote following statements from the face of the emote encouraging further violence after what took place in the Capitol today, end quote. Twitch has decided to keep the idea of the emote alive, however, and instead of finding one new face for Pog, instead, every 24 hours, a new face will rotate in for Twitch. So, Steven, Gutierrez is a prominent member of the esports space, Do you think this tweet has effectively canceled him?
1: I don't believe in the idea of being canceled, but I think he is uh, not going to continue to be a member of the FGC. I mean, over the past few years, he's pretty much uh, lessened his content and disappeared from the mainstream light, but this tweet is essentially bad and will keep him away from any and all Um, future uh, twitch stuff like he has spent the latter half of 2020 spreading COVID-19 misinformation and outright conspiracy theories so it's kind of hard to take him seriously when all of this is happening and he's saying all of these things that don't make any sense but uh, you know he's he's pretty much disappeared from the mainstream limelight, and his legacy was the PogChamp emote, which was a random face he made in a random video that has stuck with him throughout his entire career. This mm. won't be, you know.
0: I mean, you know, when you say I'm trying to like uh, try to figure out exactly what threw him down this realm of conspiratoria, I noticed that you know he started a YouTube channel back in the day called Cross Counter TV, which was uploading semi regularly, you know, got decent amount of views and then he started a paid service for cross counter and i was looking at its twitter feed and it seemed that sometime in the summer of last year it stopped posting altogether. So i don't know if his kind of re- uh, reversion into the dark parts of the internet has to do with maybe his side business kind of crumbling?
1: You can't figure out how someone goes extremist. It's just going to end up with you being confused and everyone having misinformation. When it comes to online extremism, you start off with fairly small, innocuous con- innocuous content that people might not, you know, care much about. You know, simple gaming stuff, but you could say words that people shouldn't say because SJWs and whatnot. You slowly go down the rabbit hole. Like we don't, we don't know Gutex's personal life or or what he's personally been through. So there's no way of knowing how he got into this extremist lifestyle, but it's it's clear that like over the past year, he's definitely gone into hyperdrive when it came to accepting these weird conspiracy theories that aren't necessarily uh, uh, sound in logic in mind.
0: Mm. You know, I I, I he, he was on a Twitch stream. Uh... I, I can't remember when, but I saw the, a bit of the VOD in which there were a bunch of people on this panel and he ended up going off on this tangent about how vaccines were a scheme by Bill Gates to, you know, use as a means of population control. And, you know, why that's exactly why, you know, he he was very anti-vaccine and it was kind of difficult to watch for the other streamers because they obviously don't want to, they know that they're streaming to a large audience, so they don't want to be responsible or um, say say anything really I, I I don't know, I don't think controversial is the right word, but definitely irresponsible. Uh, so they were all kind of awkwardly trying to figure out how they could pull themselves out of the situation or re- revert the conversation into a more positive message that vaccines are generally considered safe and would be the responsible thing to do. Uh, I mean, but then again, Twitch itself has been kind of, there are corners of Twitch that have been getting into weird conspiracy theories. And is Twitch going to be the place where the likes of Alex Jones or these other conspiracy theorists jump to.
1: No, uh, it will not become a home for Alex Jones and extreme uh, conspiracy, conspiracy content because Twitch is fairly strict when it comes to terms of service, when it comes to acts of extreme violence and rhetoric, they're very poor at enforcing those rules amongst the entirety of its group. But if you have a clip where you say something incredibly wrong and full of misinformation or just outright racist or homophobic, then your uh, entire uh, channel is most likely going to get, if not a strike, at you know, if not take it down, at least a strike. I think Twitch is better than some of the other alternatives, though the alternatives being DLive, which recently had to ban Nick Fuentes – and uh, a few other extremists who are live streaming at the Capitol. So as long as those uh, beacons of quote unquote, you know free speech exist, then I don't see Twitch becoming that big of an issue. Twitch cares a lot about its brand. It's tied to Amazon. It's the gaming space. They can't afford to have it, you know, completely muddied by uh, controversial content creators that, um, are spreading misinformation and or inciting violence. Mm.
0: You know, the FGC has been kind of going through a reckoning, at least this past year. I mean, the entire Smash Bros community was, uh, caught and embroiled in a flurry of scandals regarding, uh, sexual misconduct, especially with minors, and it seems that the response in those situations, and I'm not trying to necessarily conflict the two, but, um, in those situations was to essentially push this certain personality or streamer out of the community and effectively uh, ban them. Do you feel that uh, Gutex... I mean, would the Street Fighter community try to essentially help him and try to get him back into the mainstream? Or is the idea instead just, let's completely shun this person out?
1: It's not a shunning thing or kick them out sort of thing. Mm. He hasn't really embraced the FGC side of things in, in a while. He's a conspiracy theory guy now who spreads misinformation. He's not a fighting game player anymore. He's moved past what was his brand, which was the PogChamp and, you know, playing Street Fighter with his friends. As the years have gone on, you know, he's been a content creator for, what, almost, almost a decade, if not over a decade? Like, people change. He's not the same guy that was making faces and playing with pogs in YouTube videos. He's a different human being. And, you know, for better or worse, this is who he is. So I, I don't see the FGC accepting him as, as part of the community and, and bringing him back into the fold. The FGC already has enough issues dealing with um, predators and other controversial members of communities.
0: But it. I mean, I know we're we're starting to like pull ourselves a little bit out of the Twitch conversation, and I guess this will be my last question regarding this specific uh topic. But, you know, it's of the of a poll I've done of the insurrection that happened on the sixth, forty-seven percent of Republicans, at least, you know, Republican voters said it was fine or it was good, and forty-seven percent thought it was illegal. That's still a good chunk of the US population that is falling prey to the, the 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 types of things that they're reading online, and the idea, you know the ideas that uh, it's it's espousing. So I mean, some kind of reconciliation needs to be done because that many people I mean, a, a society simply cannot function as uh, uniformly if that many people believe it just doesn't function or it's not worth engaging in at all because it's some kind of fraud or scam.
1: Yeah, we have a large portion of American population who believe in conspiracy theories and not in reality who've listened to the rhetoric of the politicians and president over and over and over and they've created this false version of what the world actually existed where voter fraud is massive and the dnc is involved with pizzagate and all these other conspiracy theories that don't actually make any sense when you look at the facts when you let misinformation like this go unchecked the largest you know Right-leaning people who are against, you know, getting banned on larger platforms, or like they're crushing our free speech and we have no way to speak up for ourselves. But in reality, if you're spreading misinformation and you're spreading lies, you need to be held accountable. Right now, I believe so having social media platforms um, be the arbiters to decide what is fair and what isn't isn't good, and there should be a better system put in place, either governmentally or you know, worldwide. But we're we're not there yet. Social media platforms have too much power, and the only thing that holds them accountable is when bad things happen. So with all of these accounts getting banned and all these people disappearing onto other social media sites, their reach gets less, and hopefully people can come out of the conspiracy theory net that they have caught themselves into because it's not easy to get out of. When you get caught up in, you know, OAN Newsmax, uh, conspiracy theories. It's it's hard to get out. Mm.
0: You know, as somebody, I mean, when I was in high school, I became enthralled by the idea of like nine eleven conspiracy theories. And looking back, you know, especially with like twelve years of hindsight, I feel like the reason I was caught up in that is because it gave a very simplistic answer to a very complicated world, right? Uh, and when. Answers are so enticing, and when the entire world can be, like, boiled down to this one simple explanation, I can see why it is intoxicating.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot easier to believe that the world is just full of George Soros vampires and that everything is simple, black and white, and evil and good. It's, it's simplistic. It's, you know, not understanding the nuances that our reality is built upon. Some people would rather just accept the world as simple and that these people are bad and these people are good, but it's a lot more complicated than that. And when you look at Gutex and the you know uh, amount and the platform that he's he's been able to maintain, he's just another one of those people caught up in the conspiracy uh, world that uh, got led astray.
0: Mm. You know, I think something kind of related to this is that uh, Representative Madison... Co- Madison Cawthorn, let me see, of North Carolina, I believe. He is co-sponsoring a bill that would amend section 230 of um of of the First Amendment Protections for Big Tech Platforms. And I think what he's trying to do is that he's trying to limit the ability of tech platforms to essentially kick people off. Although I don't think he's necessarily interpreting the this the statute correctly because The Section Section 230 essentially absolves platform holders from content that their posters post, right? So if you post something illegal, it's not Twitter's fault that you posted it. But I think the implication that he's trying to get at here is that there's some kind of free speech issue on these social media platforms and that it needs to be somehow relegated through Section 230. But I feel like this type of stuff from politicians just is kind of feeding the beast uh, in a sense. And I can see how somebody maybe like a good text or whatever could say like you know it's the the world order or whatever that's limiting conservative talking points
1: i it's it's probably misinformation and lies that limit republican and conservative talking points the most the fact that they're not built on logic or facts they're built on whataboutism and straw man arguments that's the the biggest problem when it comes to to dealing with that sort of stuff and, and accepting it I I don't believe any of the, you know, so-called fixes to section 230 to, you know, bring the first amendment is a good idea. I think, you know, these these platforms are unfortunately uh they need they need better oversight than just getting rid of the rules that already exist. There needs to be something more concrete and something more robust that fixes it rather than just like allowing uh, uh these things from never being banned cuz like you have your First Amendment right, but what? Where where does that go? Can can I say I want to you know hurt somebody on Twitter, or does that break my First Amendment right? What what exactly is the uh, is is the barrier or the the limit when it comes to that stuff?
0: And you know these the social media platforms sit in this weird space where they're private companies that also host a public forum, and there's actually a thing called the public forum doctrine, so that. I, I this actually happened with the US military when it was streaming on Twitch and started taking down comments that were critical of it. Essentially the public forum doctrine said you know, if the military is using this specific platform as a way to reach people, it can't suddenly start to uh, tear down dissent against it. Like that is an infringement on the posters the other posters first amendment uh, rights of free speech. So it, it it social media companies are in this kind of bizarre in between and I I feel that legislation is still trying to maybe catch up with like the proper set of rules on how best to enforce social media in the realm of like crazy conspiracy theories and at the same where at the same time like the military or the government can also use social media as a platform to spread like good and necessary information whether it be hey you know, vaccines are in your area but I do want to jump on to uh, the future of PogChamp. And it seems that what Twitch is doing is that they're essentially rotating in every 24 hours a new face for Pog. This seems like a very good idea. I have nothing but good things to say. Uh, What about you?
1: Yeah, why not? Why not? Go for it. You know, PogChamp means something to Twitch. It doesn't mean, um, you know, necessarily Gutex. It's, it's a part of Twitch's identity. You know, Poggers, PogChamp, Pock these are all signs of happiness and ecstasy. So why not continue the trend? This is this is the best way Twitch could have done it. You know, it gives them a PR win while also allowing the community to continue doing whatever the, the hell it is they do with PogChamp.
0: Mm. Well, with that, Steven, thank you so much for jumping on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And that was FTW with Ahmad Khan. If you like the show, please rate, subscribe, and share. Full transcripts and links to our Patreon can be found at ftwimod.com. To follow Stephen and all the work he'll be doing at Insider, you can follow him at imasarch on Twitter. To follow me and my work over at Tom's Guide, follow me at Imod on Twitter. And Ron Lines is our audio producer. With that, we'll catch you guys next week.